Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Little Egypt Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Hefferman. And with me today is sports editor Les Winkler and Bucky Dent. Uh, we're back after a big Thanksgiving week. Uh, Bucky had the pleasure of going to Northern Illinois to see the two state championship football games and experience that. Uh, how much time were there in between games there? Yeah, I have to say the IHSA did an impressive job keeping that thing on schedule as much as it possibly could. Because you had a couple games before before Nashville played. The 1A final went about two and a half hours between Lena Winslow and Central and A&M. A&M. Lena Winslow won that game 58-20. to The Nashville game got started at 1-11, which I thought was a pretty impressive turnaround. The warm-up period's a little short, but it didn't seem to out really affect the, the games, per se. You know, the, the, the 3A game got started on time. Now, the Murfreesboro game didn't start until 7:22 because there were 88 points in the 3A championship game, as well as some completely hilarious and somewhat profane commentary from the Williamsville assistant coaches to our right, to which I told somebody at one point it was like watching football being announced by Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> but I thought they really did a good job keeping the games on time as much as they could, given all the points that were scored in some other games. You know, I thought they kept that thing marching pretty well. How do you think those two teams will do next year? Murfreesboro loses a lot more than Nashville. But... Murfreesboro loses 17 starters, 10 on offense, 7 on defense. Nashville returns 13, 8 on offense, 5 on defense. And bear in mind, Nashville's offense had – a 3,000-yard passer, a receiver with close to 1,000 yards, a 1,000-yard rusher who has graduated, but another one who rushed for 500 yards before tearing his ACL in the first round of the playoffs. And they also lost two starting sophomores in the offensive line with injuries during the season. Nashville has a very good chance of being back at this point next year. Murphy will have some building to do. The one thing that I think will help, which I'll touch on my call tomorrow, both teams basically got an extra month of practices because of making the state finals, and I don't think you can underrate for a minute how much that could mean to the returning players for next year, particularly for someone like Murphy, where those kids are going to have to get some on-the-job training. They'll have had what amounts to an extra month already. Yeah, We talked about earlier before we uh, press the record button on the, on the uh, tape recorder here, uh, Nashville could very well go into the season as the rank the preseason number one with all the people they've got back. I mean that's just that's just an impressive I mean they're you know, as as people like to say they look for that senior year when people have that big year, but they're they're a year ahead of schedule. And not only that, but they have both defensive ends back. Even though they lost six starters on defense, they will have both defensive ends back and coaches who they played throughout the playoffs raved about Riker Reese, who will be a senior next year, talk about what a playmaker he was. And the championship game loss, he still had nine tackles, three for loss. That's a kid that just goes and makes plays. And that's a type of kid every championship team has to have. Well, we'll, uh, we'll switch over to basketball. This just started. Uh, what are your early impressions of the, the first couple days of uh, prep basketball in the region? Well, from what I've, what I've seen of it uh, Monday and Tuesday, I think Massac County has a chance to contend in Sur, Ohio. I think they have... Pretty good depth, one through eight. They've got a kid, Julian Russell, who's a gifted shooter. He made six threes and scored 28 points Monday against Red Bud. Of course, Joe Hosman, being your classic old school coach, says, I hope he can uh, 
uh, improve a little bit on defense, you know, because Les knows Joe better than I do. But Joe's a delightful guy. He's an old school guy. He still has amazing energy for a guy who's been in it 40 years, and he's got what looks like a pretty good team this year. Yeah, you, you always you always love the coaches, no matter you know, no matter what. You know, the defense can be better. You know, we got we got to work on the defense. But, There's always uh, a butt line in there oh, somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. But but you know, at the same at the same token, it's. It's 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 a cliche or an adage for a reason, and um, you know defense still is is the uh, backbone of every good basketball team. Just ask Wayne Harry up north in Nashville, whose whose team has given up a that's uh, just a, a, a ridiculous twenty one points per game so far through two games. I know Wayne is probably looking at film and thinking of all the times that they let guys beat them off the dribble. <laughs> yeah. On a backdoor cut, he's going he's, he's gonna to be ticked off about that, getting book it. So. Nashville and Pinckneyville will be really good in 2A again. Pinckneyville probably should be favored this year. They have eight of their top ten players back. They have Dawson Yates back, who was having a terrific year last year before his back knocked him out in February. Um Goreville has a chance to be really good in 1A. I'm looking forward to watching them play against A.J. Saturday in Goreville's tournament. They've opened up the first two nights with uh, 43 and 33-point wins. They're averaging over 80 points a game. It's your typical Todd Tripp coach team. They can put the ball in the basket, and they can put the ball in the basket from five places on the floor. And they'll play hard. Yeah. They will play hard or they will not play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Todd will not true, abide by true, guys true. not playing hard. <laughs> Yeah. That dude does not abide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian Mullins won't play that way either. He's, his guys have played pretty hard for him uh, through eight games. Uh, they're hosting Norfolk State tonight. Um, then go on the road to play uh, Southern Mississippi down in beautiful Hattiesburg. Where it's a uh, crisp 70 degrees, I'm, I'm hoping, on Saturday, Friday. Um, then uh, you listening to this, he's talking yeah, about the I know, I know the travel travel log. Here we go. You know. Yeah. We should we should have Willie Nelson singing on the road again behind him. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, uh, then they're off for a, a week in the middle of December before they play uh, Missouri on a Sunday well, we'll afternoon. Seventy degrees in Como when you're <laughs> yeah. up there. No, Columbia will probably be pretty bad when we're up there. Uh, but I'm excited to see that campus. I've we played basketball there a couple of years ago and Speaking got of. got shellacked in that game. And they've they've struggled a little bit. Missouri they lost to Charleston Southern last night. I, yeah, as John Rothstein might say, the national basketball writer, I think it for CBS Sports, they lost a bye game, which is the epitome of brutality. You know, the the one thing that you talk about the week off is you know one thing it, it, it buys them some time for uh, Aaron Cook to recover from the hand injury, which yeah. is you know most of the times coaches don't like to see that week long uh, hiatus in there, but uh, that that could probably that's probably coming as about as good a time as as it could happen for SIU this year. And uh, you know, I, I'm just talking about the team a little bit. I, the, you, you have to like the freshmen that uh, that they've got mm-hmm. this year. Uh, uh, Marcus Damask has been arguably their best, uh, most uh, uh, consistent offensive player. And I really like what I've seen out of Lance Jones. Uh, uh, he's pressed into he's seeing more playing time now because of Cook's injury. But uh, um, he's quick. He's he's a uh, Mature physically for a freshman, I've been impressed with his with his physical strength. Yeah, and he's getting better at finishing to the basket. He had a couple drives to the basket that were in traffic. He was able to finish off that really helped them stay in the game as long as they did against uh, St. Louis on Sunday. Um, I believe it was a career high fourteen points for him. 
four assists, uh, three turnovers. Uh, they can live with that uh, playing 30, 30, 34 minutes, uh, which he's going to have to do possibly for the next couple weeks because um, they just don't. It, you know, Eric McGill is a nice backup to have, but I think they'd rather have him as the shooting guard primarily. Um, he ha- he's got to shoot a little bit more than he has, but defensively he's really good. Lance's uh, Damask pretty good defensively, has guarded some bigger players. I'd like to see him play, try him at the five and, and, and put Gooch on the bench and, and play, you know, with four guards and, and Damas, possibly five guards, depending on how you look at it. Uh, see how that lineup goes with them because they're not going to play uh, a real huge team at, uh, tonight against Norfolk State or uh, Southern Mississippi. Um, I think that's some of their best lineup. But they uh, Norfolk State hasn't beaten a Division One team yet this year. They can shoot the three. Uh, which will be a concern for the Salukis tonight, um, but I, th- I think they'll get back on the winning track tonight. Uh, Damask is an interesting. Uh, uh, he, he's a very polished player, and in, in uh, some ways, he kind of reminds me of uh, 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 Matt Shaw in some ways. Yeah, he, he, he does some of the same things. I don't think he even shoots a, like him. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I, don't, I don't think he is as athletic as Matt was, but uh, uh, it'll it'll be fun to watch him. Uh, uh, Get bigger and stronger as the weight program and the nutrition program takes hold over over the over the years. But he's he's really a pretty mature freshman. One of the things I noticed watching a little bit of the SIU game Sunday was I thought they did as well as they were going to do, considering the circumstances. Shorthanded against a team that on some level is one of the worst matchups they could have because St. Louis is so big and strong inside. They play rock'em sock'em robot ball. They just Go up and they go get it. Travis Ford told me last year when I was previewing his team for Blue Ribbon, said our best play sometimes is throw it up and get it. <laughs> Todd saw that firsthand. And by the way, everyone saw Todd on press row by the way, on, on the Fox Sports Midwest broadcast. <laughs> I hope I looked busy. <laughs> oh, he was. He was. He, you were constantly in the computer, so you looked like you were. You were really working there. That was that was impressive. Almost as impressive as watching Hassan French go up and go get a rebound or Jordan Goodwin go up. and Those guys are grown men when they go <laughs> rebound to basketball. Well, well, uh, will, will the Salukis face anyone more more physical than Hassan French this year? I mean, that, he's, he's a beast. Who's more well, physical? Gage Prim is a pretty big dude, but French is a little bit more athletic, too. He's, I mean, you, know, you look at him, it's almost like watching the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I look mean, at his arms and how big he is. But Kretwig's a big guy, too, but I don't think Kretwig uh, jumps and runs like French, does he? No. I mean, it's not his arms. He's not a he's, – he's a physical player, but French, especially defending him, and not just defending him, but defending him off the glass is particularly difficult. Here's a I'm, here's a question you probably have a better grasp of as a guy who follows the valley a lot. Who who's who's going to be a tougher matchup in that regard for SI? Who who who's, who would be tougher, French or the kid from Bradley that had 21 and 14 last night at Memphis? Oh, Elijah Childs. Yeah, Childs is a difficult matchup because he's he's the one that can shoot, can bring you out to the free throw okay. line and beat you off the dribble. I, I think he's going to be a Player of the Year candidate by the end of the year. Um, and and they've got seven footers too uh, that are that are pretty physical. That'll be a challenge for Barrett Benson and uh, and Damask and, and uh, you know maybe Seku and, and Brendan Gooch as well. But they, uh, you know, yeah, there's just not a lot of teams in the valley that have a big five this year. Uh, there's a couple teams that have some fives, but they're not uh, they're not six eleven, you know, two seventy. 
Um, so that's that's going to be a little different and, and a good thing for SIU this year that they could play that way. Yeah. Northern Iowa looks good the times I've watched them on TV. I think they might be the team that beat in the Valley this year. I mean, they beat South Carolina on a neutral floor in Cancun. They should have beaten West Virginia. They got some really strange calls at the end of that West Virginia game after leading for about 37 minutes. It looks like it's business as usual up in Cedar Falls for Ben Jacobson and his crew this year. Yeah, they're pretty good offensively, too, this year. And they have a couple seven-footers they can use, uh, three or four posts they can use. Um, they got Austin Fife back this year and Justin Dahl and uh, uh, A.J. Green. And um, they, they're going to be tough out, uh, especially. I don't think we, I don't think SIU plays them until middle of the season. But they, uh, nonetheless, um, and then SIU football is over. Uh, they were denied a playoff spot. Uh, Nick Hill, the year left on his contract. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be talking extension. Do you think did they could see them signing to an extension? Less? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that that's called for. Uh, they they improved uh, markedly this year. Uh, it was kind of the, it was kind of the improvement that you've been looking for over the last couple of years. But uh, they're they're still got a lot. There's still uh, you know a lot of juniors coming back. They're going to lose some very good players in DJ Javis and. Uh, Jeremy Chin primarily, but uh, you know another year with uh, Corey Lyles, another year under his belt, or with a year under his belt. Uh, you've got Avante Cox, Romir Elliott showed some uh, great promise, and you know how good can Javon Williams be? I, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, he somehow managed uh, every time he's in the game. You virtually know the ball is going to end up in his hands, and he still managed to rush for over a thousand yards after not getting a lot of. Uh, a, not a lot of carries, you know, real early in the season. So you just have to wonder what the ceiling is for him. Yeah, they've got several juniors that, that played a lot, uh, both on offense and on defense. Most of their line uh, will be back. They'll lose tackle uh, Ernest Dye. Um, Jacob Martin, I think, was a junior. So I think they got, I think they got him for one more year. Um, actually, maybe he is a senior this I think, year. I think he is a senior. I think but they'll have Xavion uh, and, and Chemiski. Chimileski and uh, Bo Branion will all be back. So it's three out of five, um, plus their backup center that they used most of the year. So they'll yeah. be they'll be pretty formidable next year. Yeah, I, think, I, too. You know, I like their wideouts. I mean, uh, Landon Lenore and Avante Cox. Uh, um, it it would have. I, I think we haven't seen Avante Cox reach his potential yet, largely because of the quarterback situation. Uh, as Lyles got more and more comfortable back there, they let him start throwing downfield more. In the first three or four games, he basically threw the, the short stuff out of the backfield or whatever. I think Cox has the opportunity to be a, a really good deep threat. And then uh, I, I reached out to Liz Jarnigan. I haven't heard back yet uh, to talk about an extension for Nick Hill. I imagine they're going to start talking about that uh, once the maybe when he gets back from recruiting. But... Uh, that that'll be an interesting play. That both teams from the valley won their first round playoff series, so they're back. Uh, Northern Iowa and Illinois State are, are still in it uh, this weekend. South Dakota State and North Dakota State are both hosting. Um, so we'll see how how far they go uh, again this weekend. And then um, the women's basketball team at SIU won again last night. They're fun to watch. Uh, I like their front court as much as their guards. And, and Abby Brockmeyer really hasn't had a great game the last uh, last week or so. You know, uh, other than Mackenzie Sylvie, 
it's it's been kind of up and down. Sylvie has been pretty good. She had, didn't have a great shooting night last night. I think she ended up with 20 points, but uh, 6 of 16 shooting. Uh, Nicole Martin's had some less than spectacular games. Brock Myers had some less than spectacular games. Brittany Patrick, you know, has been been up and down. But there's always it always seems like there's someone there to pick up pick up the slack. And, and I'm and I'm not when I'm saying those guys haven't been great every game. I obviously don't mean they've been bad. They've just had games where they haven't played well, and SIU has still won, which I think is really a, a, a compliment to their program. Uh, they're, they're, they're deeper this year at forward. Awakita last night gave them five points and, and uh, made some really nice moves to the basket. She gives them a slasher at forward, which is something they don't have. Mm-hmm. And she made just a beautiful touch pass last night uh, with uh, just under six minutes to go. The Slookies were actually down a point. They ended up winning by 11 and they went on like uh, I think it was a 10-0 run, and uh, Keita had just a brilliant touch pass. She cut through the lane. If she would have caught the ball, she would have had two or three defenders right on her. But she just tipped tipped it down to the baseline, and I think to Brockmeyer, who was cutting into the basket for an easy uh, for an easy layup. So she's got some skills. She's physical, uh, and you know, and their guard their guard play has been pretty solid. So. Uh, they're five and two, and really haven't dialed it dialed it in yet. So it, you know, if you can win games when you're not at the top of your game, that says something. Um, I would be excited if I were Cindy Stein right now because it looks like this team can win games in a variety of ways. They can win scoring a lot of points. They can win a game like, like last night when they have to grind it out in the last five or six minutes. You know, and they can win games when they're not maybe scoring as much as it looks like they can this year. And that's how you have 21 seasons. That's how you get places in March is to be able to win different games in different ways. Now, one of the things she said right after the game was that they didn't rebound well early in the game. I think they ended up being tied. Uh, the, the rebounding stats were tied. But at one point, uh, UT Martin had nine or ten more rebounds than SIU did. SIU didn't shoot free throws particularly well. And they uh, – they, they didn't score very well at times, but they still won the game, and that's one of the things that Cindy said. And it uh, against a quality team, UT Martin's only two and five, but they they were athletic and had a couple three pretty good players on the on the floor. Two of those two of those losses, by the way, are top twenty five teams. So that's UT Martin's bit. been good for a while. They yeah. get they get they play two or three of those games every year for a reason because they've been good enough to the point to where they get respect where teams will play them. Knowing that they can, you know, get a decent quality game from them before they go into their Power Five leagues, and that carries over in a lot of ways, I think, for a school like UT Martin to where they're dangerous every year. That is a that is a pretty good win for SIU last night. Yeah, they beat a good SLU team too a, a couple nights ago. Kristen Nelson had a nice game, and they they took away Mackenzie Sylvie's really uh, just standing on the three point line uh, and made her drive the ball, and she was able to drive the ball and finish a little bit. Um, they've just got that's what I like about their depth just like you said they haven't really played great as a team their best players haven't necessarily played all great on the same day exactly but they, they'll get some points from Gabby Walker they'll get some from Awa they'll get some from Peyton McAllister or Kristen Nelson and all these all these guards that they shuffle in and, and the forwards they have are, are, are a lot different too Iowa's real kind of lengthy and uh Great defender. I love to watch her play oh, I defense. Love to watch her play. I just love to watch her play, period. She's, yeah. And she's um, – UT Martin had about three or four players like her. It just seems like it's all arms and legs everywhere. And, and just uh, – she, she's very athletic, and she's, she's a transfer student. She's getting uh, more and more comfortable in the system. And I think by the end of the year, she, she could be getting some serious minutes. 
So when do they play again? Last year, uh, they're at SEMO on Saturday, at and then SEMO. they continue their OVC tour and play uh, uh, Murray, Murray State, State on correct? Fifteenth, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So are we going to consider them contenders in the OVC and the I, Valley as I, well? I think right. I think right now they're they're favored in the OVC. <laughs> <laughs> they they are also off for uh, a couple days next week, finals week at SIU. Uh, the men's basketball team plays Saturday at Southern Miss. Then they're off until the following Sunday, and, and the women are also off for a number of days uh, next week. So you'll have to rely on us to get your Saluki basketball fix. Um, <laughs> but uh, and it's free agent season in Major League Baseball. The sounds like the Cubs are losing Cole Hamels, uh, possibly to the Braves or, or somebody Braves else. Are loading up for a big run this year. <laughs> they got Will Smith already from the Giants. <laughs> They uh, signed uh, Travis Darnot from the Rays to help their catching situation. The Braves are going all in this year. I'm going to be interested in seeing just how much they overpay if they decide to keep Josh Donaldson because he's going for one last big contract, Mm -hmm. and he's coming off a 37 home run year at age 34. Hamels was a one-year deal, correct? Yes, Hamels was a one-year deal. He's still got something left in the tank. I don't think he's your number one or two starter anymore, but he's probably still a good number three or four for a contender. Now, if the if the Cubs would just get rid of Kyle Hendricks now, the Cardinals might win about eight more games because <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have to face Hamels or Hamels or Hendricks. So. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks could throw his glove out there and <laughs> yeah. throw six scoreless innings at the Cardinals. <laughs> Who do you think the Cardinals will go after? Who do you think the they're not the big spenders, but they 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 they'll, they'll probably do some moves uh, this summer. This I'm, winter. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I think they'll sign an outfielder, a free agent. Particularly outfielder. if they lose Ozuna, they have to go get another outfielder with some. It just seems too logical. It, it, it does, and I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with uh, with Edmund at third, and apparently Matt Carpenter will probably still continue his snooze at third base tour uh, for a while. At, Remember, at, they said it was an outlier with him. Yeah, right. What would Cardinal fans bitch about if they couldn't bitch about Matt Carpenter? Well, he gave he did give him plenty of reasons to gripe last year. You have to admit that. <laughs> you, you mean you, you mean you. You're not supposed to really like a player who can neither hit, run, or throw, or field the ball, for heaven's sake. I mean, just because Paul Goldschmidt had to call for a fair catch a couple times at first base and some of those looping throws he offers up. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think they'll go after an outfielder, though. They, they, I mean, some of those young outfielders are going to find a place to play. Uh, um, Randy Rosarena, uh, you know, if you listen to the diehard Cardinal fans, he's only – He's only uh, it's only a formality until uh, he's inducted into Cooperstown. Uh, Lane Thomas is uh, is a highly regarded player, and I still think uh, if uh, if Harrison Bader learns to command the strike zone a little bit, I still think he can be a quality major league player. And I'm not really sold on the idea that they need to let Ozuna go because this is a guy whose numbers, whose batting average wasn't great, but his hard hit percentage, his number of balls that came off his bat. At say over, I think over a hundred miles an hour was one of the best in baseball. But he hit, he had terrible luck on batted balls in play, on balls over a hundred miles an hour. Which means, basically, he's been the victim of bad luck in that regard for close to two years now. Now some of it is teams have played him to pull. He's pulled the ball too much. If he gets back to hitting the ball the other way and keeps hitting it hard, maybe that batting average goes up 30 or 40 points. Will the Cardinals be the one that takes a chance on that, though? He's, he's got one of the shortest, sweetest swings I've ever seen. I mean, he can turn around any fastball. His, his, his stroke is just, it's just all wrists, and, and like you said, the ball just jumps off his bat. 
You know, and he's not the defensive outfielder in St. Louis <laughs> that he was in Miami. I'll grant you that. But if you if you let him go and you decide, and this and this is the Cardinal way, you know, they seem to want to go take chances with younger guys rather than bringing in proven veterans over the years. They did this a few years ago when they bet on Piscotti and Fam and Grichuk, and not all those bets paid off. And this part of the reason why they missed why they missed the playoffs for three straight years before last year. But it, would you would you would you trade that outfield that trio for what they got now? What uh, Fam Piscotti and Grichuk? Would you trade that for the trio they got now? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fam had a nice year. Yeah, Fam had a great. Richards is still Mister Swing and Miss. He's an outer clout. And uh, and Piscotti was left off the ace playoff roster. So I mean that that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily that that bet by itself was so terrible. It's just that other things happened around it right. too, like the pitching staff and the defense. Which of course the defense bounced back this year because Schilt put such an emphasis on it that it was really, really good. But those are questions the Cardinals have to weigh as they go into next season because the Brewers aren't going to stop trying to get better. The Cubs have to figure out some way to, to get better, and apparently they're even willing to consider trading Chris Bryant from what I'm reading, which yeah. I would have him, thought heretical hit, a few years ago. Him or Javi. Him or Javi will be gone. And Radisson Russell's been non-tendered. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, good I, I, could have told you, I could have told you they dropped kick him out of there after the season was over. But uh, we'll see how if the Cardinals get the band back together, or the <laughs> Cubs pick up another another starter uh, to go with John Lester and uh, Hendricks. But you know, uh, Matt Carpenter would look good in a Cubs uniform at third base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, David Ross catch Lester this year since he's now manager. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Just, wasn't he just the one that said we shouldn't bitch about Matt Carpenter? And that now it doesn't seem like he's just real thrilled at the press. Yeah, I was going to say Carpenter wearing the wearing the uh, royal the cubby, blue there. The cubby uh, blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have enough to bitch about in Chicago. <laughs> we don't need Matt Carpenter. Oh, you got Mitchell Trubisky should be off that list now, there, right? There. <laughs> I hope we go after Cam Newton. I seriously think the Bears should consider going after Cam Newton in the offseason. As, as a fashion statement or as a quarterback? No, as a quarterback. <laughs> he's a bear. I mean, as a bear, look at him. He's a running quarterback. He's a tough guy. He can throw the ball a mile. Um, why? Why not? I think it'd be a great. I think it'd be a great, a great fit in Chicago. I'm moving on from. I've seen enough of Trubisky. I'm moving on. I'm sick of losing games where the Bears give up less than 17 points. I'm done with that. I think Nagy's fixation with the field goal kicking in the off season was one of the things that kind of did the. I don't shouldn't say did them in yet, but they're basically. Basically on life support as far as the playoff goes. And I no, think he yeah, got so fixated on that kicking situation that I think he oh. just basically, yeah, he was more concerned with the double doink than figuring out where they could really legitimately get better to take the next step. The offense has been um, uh, pretty terrible this year, to be honest about it. The defense has been okay, but not with the impact they had last year. Probably because they're on the field the whole game. Because our offense is so hideous. I'm surprised their punter still has a leg left after he's used it so much this year. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll talk about the Bears next week. <laughs> but thanks for joining us for the Little Egypt Sports Podcast. You can follow all the best sports news at thesouthern.com. Uh, subscribe to the Southern uh, Illinoisan. You can uh, go to thesouthern.com or call six one eight five two nine five four five four. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>